Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host, but you've got to be kidding me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network, and Liam will do bits and whatnot. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no waves on the track when we unite and stick, this isn't A-game, better bring your A-game. Competition starting to get thick, it's the click, so I hope you watch your A-game, A-man, no waves on the track when we Hey now, it's the Mike and JD Show, and I am your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD by God Oliva. Man, what's up, JD? Uh, we were talking before the show started, and today's one of those days where I just feel gross. You know, like, yeah. mm-hmm. this is a gross business. Like, we know that. Like, we know the history of this stuff. Like, we know who we're talking. Like, let's be honest, everyone knows what we're talking about right now. Like yeah. the Vince McMahon stuff hit the Wall Street Journal today, and like, you read these. Like, I know he's a bad guy. Like, I know he's a bad guy. I'm I'm louder than most people about my hatred for this company and how it almost the overwhelming like not liking the production style is one thing, but my vast dislike of this company stems right from him. Mm. You know, and a lot of it probably started the night Owen Hart died. Legitimately speaking, like I have never I've never been able to process that as a fan how you just go on like the guy died and you're forcing his peers and friends to just go on with the show in front of like people like it's I, I couldn't get over that at 19 and now and I that happened before I learned about all the other stuff and every year I just I'm thoroughly sickened by this guy and today's one of those days I'm like why do I do this like his tendrils are so deep in the fabric of professional wrestling. It's just like, why am I here? Like, why do I like this shit? I just don't. I just don't. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the headline flashed across CNN tonight. And, uh, and I, I was just kind of flipping through the channels. I was just kind of going between news stations, like local news and, and then um, something really graphic popped up on the local news. So I switched over to CNN. And there in the bottom scroll was uh, was the Vince McMahon story. And I just changed it again because I'm like, you know, my wife's going to see that. And she's like, you watch this stuff still? You know you know what I mean? It's like, I just kind of like, it's like, I just feel gross for yeah. even kind of like, I'm not a part of the wrestling business. I'm just an idiot with a podcast. So I'm not, right. I'm never going to say like, I'm a part of the business. I'm very ancillary, <laughs> like out, outside looking in type of stuff, but I'm a fan. And that's what the show is. We're just a fan show. And we like to talk about the news and we like to make fun of it. We like to tell jokes. All I wanted to do tonight, JD, was come on here, talk about fucking Cody Rhodes and make some Falcor puns and talk about a Treyu, right? And sing some songs. And this fucking just keeps ruining everything. I was going to sing Lamal because I know the word. I know every word to never ending yeah. story. Like I had jokes. I had puns. I can't make jokes about this stuff. Like no. I'm even curbing my language because it doesn't even feel right to use that word today. Like, yeah, I hate this, man. This is like 
this is like the first, if you're a fan, like the first time you, you learn about the Mel Phillips story and what he was doing with teenage mm-hmm. boys, and you're like, ugh, ugh. Yeah. How how do and I ugh? So, you know? That was so and we're guys, we're I'm gonna I'm gonna read some of the headlines. If you came here expecting me and JD to go into the graphic details of that story, we are not doing that. There are some things in there that happened and they're very graphic and they're in a lot of the different online reports that you can go see. You can read the actual lawsuit itself and it'll give you every detail that you're looking for. You're not getting that out of me here. I'm not saying those things out loud where people can hear it. I am just not doing that. That is not my style. I like I like people to have fun when they come here. But I do feel like we have a responsibility to at least talk about it because we are essentially like without us being journalists, we talk about the news. It's like drive time radio. So if any any time that a story breaks, we we have to talk about it. But yeah, so like um, you know, I like the first time I felt that way was was that 1992, you know, like around that era where that scandal came out during the steroid trials and like the the Mel Phillips and Tom Cole. I remember just kind of going through a rabbit hole about that, like in the mid 2000s. I didn't know about it until like the 2000s. I didn't know about it, and then I go down this rabbit hole and I'm watching the Phil Donahue show, mm-hmm. and like this guy was just incredulous, right? It was just disgusting, and um, and then you go back even further, and then I read Irv Mushnick's book about the Jimmy the Jimmy Snuka case. I don't if you guys have never read that book, I strongly suggest you guys go out there and take a look at it about how he essentially got away with covering up a murder of a young woman, and mm-hmm. like and him not seeing young women as as human beings goes back over forty years with credible evidence. Mm-hmm. Right and now, I know these are allegations, but we kind of like I think we're all leaning one way on this on this way, and I think it's okay to do that because we have years and years of allegations and evidence and things to back this up. So let me let me run through some of the headlines and from some of the tweets from the Wall Street Journal. I will not be getting graphics, so if you feel like that's going to make you uncomfortable, don't worry, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to go there. So you're cool listening to this show. If you don't want anything to do with it, hey, I get it. You could tap out for get a little it. bit. Talk about Cody later. We're going to talk about some TV deals later, okay? Um, but Vizic man accused of abuse and sex trafficking by former staffer he paid to keep quiet. I'm not mentioning I'm not mentioning her name because I just feel like that's weird. Um, a woman who received a payout from WWE boss Vince McMahon accused him, the company, and a former executive of trafficking in a new lawsuit. The former WWE employee <laughs> she was abused and exploited by McMahon while uh, while he was CEO, alleging that he lured her with promises of career advancement and exploited and trafficked her to other men inside the company. God. Uh, the women also alleged that McMahon directed her to explicit photos to, uh, for a WWE superstar that the CEO was trying to resign. People familiar. This is from the Wall Street Journal again. People familiar with uh, people familiar said that wrestler was Brock Lesnar. Lesnar didn't immediately respond Thursday to requests for comment. The woman signed an, an, a non-disclosure agreement in 2022 in which McMahon agreed to pay three million for her not to discuss to discuss their relationship or to disparage him. The settlement was among those that the Wall Street Journal first revealed. McMahon had reached with multiple women. The suit complicates the legal picture around McMahon. Federal prosecutors have been probing uh, payouts he made to women. And in July 2023, agents executed a search warrant on McMahon and served him with a grand jury subpoena. No charges have been been brought. And lastly, his response uh, from his lawyer said, this lawsuit is replete with lies, obscene, made-up instances that never occurred in a vindictive distortion of the truth. He will vigorously defend himself. One thing that I did not put in that note um, that I think is also 
uh, a part of the story is that he agreed to pay that three million dollars, paid one million of it, and then reneged on the rest of the payments. And that's and that. And so, and that, so that just goes to show you the way he treats people as subhuman. And then he, like, he also has another history where he's making deals with people, and that completely backs out on the deals because he doesn't feel like they're powerful enough to do anything about it. This, this is a megalomaniac that we're talking about here. Um, and he feels like he's Teflon and he can get away with everything. And then um, when he got pointed back to the board of directors, around the same time, he stops making payments because he feels like, he, oh, hey, look, the news cycle moved on. I got away with it. No big deal. But boom, here we are right back in the same position. So I got myself in a little bit of trouble today in our BFI chat because um, I'm a firm believer that the reason why people like this are allowed to continue is because they're empowered and they're emboldened by previous actions because people around them prop them up because it, it protects them. And this is what bothers me the most about all this. And again, I, I'm going to say something that sounds weird. It's like, I know what Vince McMahon is. So like, like I know he's a rotten person. So I read all this and it was gross, but I can't say any of it like shocked me to my core. Like that's him. Like I believe it. Right. What bothers mm -hmm. me the most about all this is how the people around him know who he is and prop him up because it serves their interests financially, right? That bothers me. That I have a hard time reconciling that fact. I have a hard time accepting that that quote unquote. And this is this is me. This is not Mike. This is not the voices of wrestling saying this is JD Oliva. I, if you know who this guy is and know what he's done. If you sit there and tell me, well, there's good people there. No, man, there's not. Abuse happens because good people turn a blind eye because it's too hard to face reality. Abuse happens because people choose to ignore things because it serves their best interests. And you can sit there and say, well, people need jobs, man. It's like, yeah, but I'll give you, I'll give Eric Young credit. Eric Young said, I'm not working for yeah. that rapist. I, Eric Young straight up said, I'm not working for that rapist, you know? Yeah. And He's one of the, and then I got to listen to my favorite professional wrestler almost of all time, Brian Danielson, tell me what a great guy Vince McMahon is without missing a beat. Mm -hmm. That grosses me out. And I'm grossed out by the fans who will sit there and try to tell me everything is fine. Vince is just a bad guy. And it's like, well, you know, there's a lot of people there that decided to just ignore all this because it served them. This is me. This is not yeah. Mike. This is not, this is not Joe or Rich or anybody else in VOW. This is me. I will, I will own this. I'm disgusted by the guy, the former board, right, who voted unanimously to kick him out. And then when it when it became obvious that he was coming back, whether they wanted it or not, they rather than you know do the right thing and walk away when they knew this stuff, the board knew. That's the this is from their investigation. This all came up from from their investigation when they brought him back in anyway because somebody wanted to be I don't know the Booker really bad a guy who's already a millionaire wanted to be the Booker so badly that he swallows his his morals to do what's best for him in the moment. Zero respect. Steph walked away. Right. We've been wondering mm -hmm. why Stephanie left. I'll give her. I, I'm going to tip my cap. I said, that seemed, that seemed, I'm going to read, I'm going to read some tea leaves on this. Sure. Seemed like she said, I don't want a part of this and yeah. walked away. Tip my cap. If yeah. that's what happened, but other people there, yeah. other people there should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. You should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. If you're going to sit there and bow to Vince McMahon when he's on TV, you should be fucking embarrassed that you did that. Right? 
there are no guilt. There are no innocent people. And I think that we're just as guilty because we imbibe in this, in this hobby too. And it's fucking disgusting. And I'm mad at myself and everybody, I'd be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. This, this whole thing is, is gross. And you know, we were having a conversation with a friend today and we're not going to mention any names. This friend was not John Muse, by the way, JD and I believe it or not have more than one friend <laughs> that, 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 that knows does, things. And so does everyone yeah. think that when we say a friend, we're always talking about John Muse. I would assume so because oh. I would assume so. Like the people kind of catching on when we talk like a friend of ours was talking about booking. Sometimes it's like, Oh yeah, the chances are. Yeah. Yeah. Chances are. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and but a, a, a completely different different friend um who has been in the know for a long time and he kind of uh and he told us some stuff whenever this first broke out uh when vince got ousted the first time um he he told us some stuff and that stuff came to fruition today that oh, yeah. stuff with and it, he was talking about brock lesnar and, and that stuff came to fruition today right and some of the stuff came out to light and we we didn't you know hey look we we didn't we didn't know what was what. So we just, you know, didn't say anything. And then so that, that come, well, yeah, exactly. And we're not, we're look, we're not investigative journalists. And then, um, he, he tells us today, there's some other shoes that are probably going to drop on this deal. So I like, I don't think anybody's out of the woods yet. I do agree. Like if there are people that, that knew, I, people knew something, did they know all these gruesome details? I do that. The gruesome details of it shocked the hell out of me. Like I, I knew, I knew it was bad. This is way worse than I ever thought it was. Yeah, I agree. Like this, this went from a very bad guy to a complete monster. This is Harvey Weinstein. We talked a few weeks ago, how I said, like, don't mention Harvey Weinstein unless it's fucking Harvey. Like, no, Vince is fucking Harvey Weinstein here. Like, no, this is what this is. Right. Like I always say like, it's those like Hitler and Weinstein. Don't mention them unless you mean it. I mean it in this situation. I thought Lance Storm, um, uh, he was on his show today with Brian Alvarez. I want to play some of his stuff because he kind of said things in a way that I think JD and I and our audience would agree with uh, today. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, we're going to pull up. We're going to pull up. Uh, this is everybody listen to Lance Storm. Now, uh, full disclosure, Lance Storm worked there for a long time. He did go back at one point, but he ended up leaving during the pandemic, and he's been wrestling for TNA ever since. I think Lance Storm is a guy with integrity, and I don't think that he would go back to WWE under any circumstances. But listen to what he had to say. Lance. Yeah, look, I, I was one of the few that said he needed to be gone when the story first broke. And I was outspoken against him being allowed back into the office, being allowed back at shows when he came back. And... When he came back, I stopped watching the product and only just recently started seeing some of the shows out of necessity. Like, this is, you know, when you were reading the, the account of how this started, it's like, that's classic sexual predator stuff. Find someone down on their luck and start grooming them and bending them to your will. Like, not only should he be booted off the board, take his keys to the office away, bar him from going to shows. And I think there needs to be a legitimate cleaning house of anyone who covered anything up, who knew about this. Like this is absolutely disgustingly horrible and he needs to be gone and done. And I hope there's criminal charges brought. If any of this is even remotely true, which with there being so many, NDAs and a long list of things. It's like I can't fathom how it isn't. Yeah, well and so 
Yeah, well said. And that's exactly where I stand. If uh, if there is someone that's Joe Paterno in this organization, they need to go. Sounds like there might be multiple Joe Joe Paternos. Now, I'm not willing to uh, I'm not willing to accuse anybody directly because accusing someone of being complicit with sex trafficking, that's a huge fucking accusation. But what it's I will say, an investigation needs to be done. I want to know who knew what and when and how much they knew. And and when that information comes out, they need to take action swiftly and get rid of these fuckers and burn it to the ground. I'm so glad you said Joe Paterno, because as we recall, yeah. this, some people might not be listening. This was probably about 15, 14, 15 years ago, something like that. Something that, like that, yeah. Yeah, Joe Paterno wasn't the one who was doing all the abuse at Penn State. It was Jerry Sandusky. Right. But mm-hmm. Joe Paterno didn't need to know. They all yeah. knew something was up with that guy, but they let it just slide because he's a good coach. And we're just going to we're just going to ignore it. And that's how I feel about this situation is Joe Paterno mm-hmm. is perfectly because Joe Paterno his entire legacy turned to shit because it was too inconvenient to face the truth. Yeah. Right. And that's again, Joe Paterno never touched as far as we know, ever touched anybody. Jerry Sandusky did a lot. And yeah. what made Joe Paterno just as guilty. And I'm, I'm again, we had people in the chat say you're wrong with this. I say people who I said, and I stand by this, that if you, if you willfully ignore abuse, you're just as bad. Right. I believe that I could be wrong. I'm not saying you have to freaking believe what I believe. I say, if I, if I'm a teacher, I'm a teacher, right? If I go to work every day and I know one of my colleagues is touching a kid as in one (sighs) mandated court reporter, if I don't say anything, like how, what am I? Cause I'm, cause I like my job and I don't want to, I don't want to stir the pot. Like what, what kind of person does that make me? Yeah. And so, and I agree with you and I'm with you on that. Um, I'm someone that has had bystander intervention training, right? I'm very well versed in these situations. I know how to get people out of these situations. I'm trained in all of this stuff and I've been doing it for, I've been doing it for a long time, right? Um, I can't, I would like for people to be as brave as me in those situations and not everybody is. Uh, and I hope that they will become that way. And I think there is an opportunity here for people to kind of turn some shit around and say what you know, um, do what you can. You know, there's only one way that this ends amicably for everybody. And we all know what way that is. And I don't want to get kicked off of YouTube before I say it, but I've said it in several different text chains. And I think everybody knows exactly how to get rid of Vince McMahon, good and gone forever. There's only one real way. Um, and that's the best way to handle the situation. Look, they used to get shit done in the 60s, right? And I'm just saying, um, they don't, you know, we, we need to, we need a little bit of that these days. Um, uh, I'm, I'm about to get real fucking furious, but, uh, yeah, like, you know, I, I don't want to get, I'm trying to say something without actually getting in trouble, but yeah, I think everybody knows where I'm going with this. Mafia yeah. wasn't all bad. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I make, I, 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 I have to make light of things cause I don't, that's the way I handle things. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, it's the only I way have, I can process. Yeah, I can't make it. That's the only like, way not to process. Stuff, my know. mom, when my mom died, we remember we had a meeting with the funeral director and I was 21 and uh, they talked to my dad. They said it was going to be $5,000 to rent the casket. And I remember saying, $5,000 to rent a casket? And I looked at my dad and I said, well, we can't put her in a lawn chair. You know, and it cut, <laughs> it cut the tension. I mean, that's a horrible thing to say about your Dude. freshly dead mom. Yeah. But I mean, one, one, she would have appreciated it. Two, yeah. that's just that's just how my fucked up brain works. I have to make jokes. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the same way. When my when my mom died, uh, I remember I took my dad to the uh, to the we just went to the gas station to go get some like snacks and sodas and stuff like that. And, uh, and he was paying and the guy looked at him and he goes, uh, this was like literally the day after. And they go, Hey, do you want a bag? And he goes, no, thanks. I married one. 
And he had been saying that joke, like he'd been saying that joke for decades at this point. And it was just like a joke that he just automatically thought he to flexed. say. And every mm-hmm. and every time he would say it, my mom would smack him in the arm. That was kind of like their thing. And then he said it again. Then he looked at me and goes, I'm sorry, son. I was like, Dad, what are you doing? I was like, and then we just kind of had a good laugh because you know that we we missed her. She would have been there for mm-hmm. that moment to smack him right on his arm as he said that. But uh I feel uh, that, brother. Yeah, I feel I feel that. Um, uh, but that's yeah. again, that's just I don't think you and I could process this stuff in any way, but make a, a couple of Snyder marks. Old A in the chat has a nice remark. It says Nick House, but pull that up real quick. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I Nick, think we do need Nick to get House- into this. Yeah, Nick Hausman is busy attending the Royal Rumble. By the way, don't be surprised if that presser doesn't happen this weekend. Um <laughs> It's so funny that Nick Hausman was so willing to compare people to Harvey Weinstein until Harvey Weinstein actually shows yeah. his face and then we're quiet. I have no speaking of pieces of shit. I have no respect for. Yeah. Oh God. What a loser that guy is. And yeah. you know what? And it makes him even, you know, now this stuff that's come out with Vince it doesn't excuse that Jericho might've actually done something. But I'm now no one's ever gonna yeah, no, no one no one's ever gonna focus on that again. No one's ever gonna believe a word that Nick Houseman just said. Oh no, um, no. And, and he just got fired from his podcast, that podcast where he said all this stuff on Conrad fired his ass. Well, of course he said he stepped down, but it, you know, oh yeah, is Con- what it is. But there was what about Conrad, he's not dumb. Um yeah, like you can't just go accusing people unless the Wall Street Journal publishes a piece like today, and then you can discuss those things if you want. I don't yeah, know, yeah. Well, what what the Wall Street Journal Journal did today, and I want I want everybody to make note of it. That's called journalism. Journalism. That's called investigative journalism. That's called you know doing interviews and getting sources on and off the record, and and getting getting the files to where you can actually look at the actual data, and 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 putting like a well thought out, well sourced story. Unlike what Nick Houseman did was go on his dumb shithead podcast and accuse somebody. Um, of being a Harvey Weinstein when in fact we got a Harvey Weinstein that currently employs his uh, his best friend CM Punk. Boy, he was certainly that guy was certainly all full of morality until he got mad at some. I don't know, man. It's yeah. so well. The loudest you know what, partners man? are typically, you know, mm. they're the worst. And you know what, dude? And, and and I look, I get it. Lots of money is at stake. I I I'm not a person that's driven by a ton of money. If people want to yeah. give me some more money, I would love that. I, I just don't think I got it in me to sell my soul like that. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of times. Mike and JD show. Yeah. Yeah. Mike and JD show. There's going to, there's going to be a, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of times in our lives where we're faced with a crossroads where we got to choose dignity or money. Right. And a lot of times we choose money. Right. And, mm-hmm. and there's been times in my military career where I just swallowed my pride and I had to eat shit. Um, but in this instance where I will never turn a blind eye when someone's blatantly committing crimes, mm-hmm. blatantly committing trafficking, blatantly like I just don't have that in me. So I just having a hard time trying to sympathize, empathize and rationalize with the people that seem to be OK with it, that 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 went along with the stuff that Vince McMahon was doing for a long time. Um and and I and that's where JD was coming from earlier today. It's like it's just I just can't fathom it because I just don't have that in me to 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 overlook stuff like that. I no, don't, I don't and, either. Yeah, and you know what, dude? And I'll be honest, I I didn't even talk to you about this yet um, because I just decided it um, last night because I, I had plans on Saturday and they got canceled. And so I was like, well, shit, I'm going to be home for the Rumble. I was like, you know what? I just tell the wife I'm going to watch the Royal Rumble. I've never missed one. 
like even when I deployed those two times, like I I always found it found a way to watch the Royal Rumble. It's always been one of my favorite shows to watch. It's this Saturday. I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do a recap for Patreon. I was gonna call you know Fed Pill Joe and see if he was available, and then me and him would uh, me and him would do a recording for the Patreon. And I just now I'm sick to my stomach. I don't think I'm gonna do it. I don't know. I and maybe by Saturday I'll I'll be like, oh, you know what? I don't think anybody on the current roster had anything to do with it. Not that maybe I'll talk myself into it. But I was just like, I almost was like, yeah, let's do something for the Patreon talk talk Royal Rumble because it's always one of my favorite events. But I don't know. I just feel gross by the whole thing. I can't. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. And I probably made a mistake. I went after our buddy Scott in the chat because I kind of have a bad habit of personifying him into everything wrong with WWE fans. Scott is will... not our enemy and he is not complicit no, in our... any of this stuff. No, I know. I know. But he will go out and defend them like against yeah. any random Twitter profile that says anything negative about WWE. He's right there doing the you know who... WWE thing. You know who he rem... crazy. You know who he reminds me of? Um, he remind he remi- reminds me of me when someone shit talks Brock Purdy on Twitter, you know. <laughs> but if Brock Purdy did some shit that happened today, I wouldn't be out there defending him. And neither was Scott today. Scott's not no. gonna. So I, know, I, I was not a defender of Vince. I aired in that, but I stand I stand by why I aired. Like I think that there's people I'm not gonna name names. People who there are people who sought to stay to gain quite a bit if WWE got sold, right, and who allowed a serial predator to stay in advance to, to help their own careers in spite of what it meant to other people. And that disgusts me. And I pointed out how this particular person with a big nose disgusts me. And, you know, I dared speak ill of the Lord and savior of professional wrestling. So, you know, I probably shouldn't have, I went looking for a fight and I found one. So that's, (laughs) that's bad. That's bad on me. I need, I should, but I was so, I was just so angry. And again, not, I'm not angry with Vince because like it's that scorpion, you know, the scorpion, and the frog, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The scorpion, yep. the frog, like, you know, that scorpion's going to sting you, right? You get, and when I was a kid, my dad, my dad used to tell us that parable all the time. The story for those, you might not know scorpion, the frog farmer has to go across the river or frog has to go across the river. Right. And the scorpion says, I need a ride. And the frog goes, you're going to sting me. And the scorpion goes, swear to God, bro, I'm not going to sting you. Scorpion frog goes, okay. So frog gets on the scorpion, the scorpion gets the frog. They're going across the river. Halfway through the frog's legs go numb. He goes, why did you sting me? And the scorpion goes, you knew what I was when I started this journey. Yeah. Right. When I was a kid, I used to get so mad at my dad when he would tell me that. Because I'd be like, why would the frog be so stupid? Like, and it used to make me angry because he would say this over and over again. I'm like, anyone who willingly allows themselves to have this happen to them is a moron. And the older I've gotten, the more I'm like, you know what? He's that's a hundred percent right of a parable. Yeah. Because people yeah. let themselves get stung by these scorpions all the time for various mm-hmm. reasons. And a lot of them are financially motivated. Right, because it makes yeah. them comfortable in the moment. Because being comfortable in the moment is easier than standing by what you believe. And it just, I don't know, man. I'm so, I'm fucking self-righteous, dude. I know I preach, but it just, it bothers me. It just really bothers me. Yeah, yeah, it bothers me too. And you know what else is bothering me? There's somebody in the chat that's really, really bothering me. And I might ban this person. Hold on. Am I, can I ban people from the chat? You can, it's Let's, our show. You can ban people from the I knew our, this was coming. Look, look at this lady, Mel Gray. Uh, she's a former uh, punt returner for the Detroit Lions, and she's been reincarnated. <laughs> so it, when I, 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 you know what? I need to dig into my. I have like a, I have like a oh, box shit. of football cards, and like every pack of football cards you would buy back in the day would have Mel Gray, who was the punt returner for the Lions. And sure enough, there is an actual Mel Gray in real life in Fight Game Media, and she, her name is Mel Gray, and she happens to be a Lions fan, even though I think she lives in uh, in Washington, which is. 
um, uh, I don't know, that's a little suspect to me, but she's been talking shit to me for all week because she thinks that the Detroit Lions, I can't even say it with a straight face, Detroit Lions beat San Francisco. No, that's not, that's not even something that's ever going to happen. I can't even say, I can't even get the words out. But uh, Mel, I see you and the, the Lions are going down. You and uh, John Muse can cry together after the game's over. I think John Muse is such an abused Lions fan over there. It's like he just fully <laughs> yes. ex- he every time we talk to him about football, he just fully expects the Lions to implode at any moment. Yeah, like he's almost yeah. been in disbelief the entire season. <laughs> like if he loses, yeah. like, if he loses, he's like, I knew it. I knew it was gonna happen. You know, yeah. he reminds me a lot of my yeah. Cub fan friends from back in the day who just, you know, refused to believe the Cubs were gonna win the World Series until they did. Like I like yeah. that. Mel, thanks for coming on. Mel's got a great show, Power yeah. Bombshells yeah. on Power, YouTube. Power Bombshells. Yep this uh this Sunday Mel oh no lives chat. oh she lives yeah, in Detroit she lives in she's Detroit. a Seahawks fan she's a Seahawks so she's double enemy but Mel put the the time that Power Bombshells comes Seahawks on fan? I don't know I didn't even know they started a team uh, the Seahawks that's, yeah that's that's shocking to me all right hey, I'm so a um, Bears fan dude I I know all about misery <laughs> and like being yeah. irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, so we got some questions. And so have they talked about the Brock Lesnar part yet? I, you know what, Brock Lesnar, um, you know, I did talk about Brock Lesnar brief summary. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but as of this point, Brock Lesnar is not being accused of actually acting on anything. So there's no real like serious allegations. And in fact, his name wasn't even brought up in the lawsuit. So I don't think anything's happening with Lesnar and until there's more information, honestly. So, right. but I, I, I read what the accusation was and the accusation was he was like disgusting over a text message um back and forth with this person so i, I don't know if there's gonna be anything there there <clears throat> but if he's a big part of this he can eat shit too um mm-hmm. um yeah and so let's see uh J- jd's right makes me think this uh, makes me sick to think everybody knew i hate to think that john cena is a hero and a good person but probably still knew about those and didn't step up look we don't want to go throwing around accusations towards towards people but <clears throat> here here's here's what i'll say and i don't want to like cast stones uh, at anybody because you don't know what people actually know um, but we all know what Vince is at this point. Like if these allegations today did not just drive that home, um, before maybe had a little bit of plausible deniability. And when someone's your friend, you try to believe them and you try to support them, right? Mm-hmm. Even when shit gets tough, you try your best at this point. If people like Cena and The Rock and Austin and even Punk and and anybody like Jericho and Mick Foley and all these people that go out there and they defend Vince and they say, well, you know, he's always been good to me, blah, blah, blah. At this point, I have zero respect for you as a human being. Um, If you can't find it in your heart to come out against this guy the way that Lance Storm just did, a former employee of his, I I, I just don't have any respect for for you at all. And in fact, if you continue to come out and and compliment this guy, I'm going to think maybe he has dirt on you. That's like, and I'm look, I am susceptible to stuff like that, to conspiracies. I'm starting to think this is an Epstein situation where people are continuing to support and defend this guy because he can burn them to the ground too. And he can take them down because he's got all the bodies and those are the buried. And if you're out there and, and if you're out there and you're still defending this guy and you're a friend of his, I'm assuming that you're a part of this. I'll say this for John Cena. He's got a carefully crafted image. But Mike, you're a Stern fan. You remember when John Cena went on the Stern show and oh yeah, buried buried Chris Canyon of all people. Yep. Yeah. So um, I don't know. That kind of colors my opinion of John Cena, the man, a little bit. Like, um, you should never worship you. There's no. There's no one. If you assume everyone's a scumbag, then you're never disappointed when you find out that they <laughs> yeah. are. 
Yeah, uh, Sam Shipman says, I popped in. I'll, I'll get this one. Sam Spence, yeah. I popped in here. You say, even I've been following the story and writing about it for 12 hours. I need a break from it. Yeah, Sam's. You know Sam, what? The other Let's host, take host, a break. Yep. Yeah, you're yeah, right, Sam. She, Yep, and I, I think I think we're done with the subject. Thank you, Sam, for Half getting us off enough. the subject because I'm I'm sick of it to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so let's go let's go to uh, WWE Netflix. Um, we're gonna hit the highlights on this one too. Is this still a deal? <laughs> after after today, I I don't know. May, did the did the probably. ink dry on that? I yeah, probably. Um, but the WWE Netflix deal starting in January 2025. Raw in the U.S. Uh, is moving to Netflix, and it's going to air live in the U.S., U.K., Canada, Latin America, and other uh, international markets. So for those of you that have been watching on, like, Sportsnet in Canada and TNT Sports in the U.K., all that is moving over to Netflix come uh, January 2025. And um, Netflix deal represents around a 30% raise. Now, people think it's a 50% raise because of the U.S. rights fee, but it's a 30% raise because this is taking over all these other international markets that are that are encompassing this stuff. So it's not that big 50% raise that they were thinking, but it's still 30% is still 500 million a year, um, which is insanity. Um, so Thurston says, uh, this is coming from Brandon Thurston of Russonomics. It's absolutely the wrong analysis to look at the 500 million uh, deal and divide it by Raw's reported current um, average of 265 million. There's a bucket of international rights that the deal is superseding. Uh, Netflix would also uh, at that point begin to air SmackDown, NXT, and all other major PLE events outside the U.S., in around five years, Netflix would have a good shot of becoming the U.S. home for all programming, which is really interesting. Um, and then as far as like how is Netflix doing right now? Well, they're doing pretty dang good, I guess. They got uh, the U.S. Netflix subs. Uh, they're about um, uh, between U.S. and Canada or 80.1 million. And then internationally, it's like a couple hundred million. So um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so and then so there's that story. And then, of course, Raw in the fourth quarter is pulling a TNA. Of all things, like they they've copied TNA in the past, like you know Eli Drake and AJ Styles are at the Rumble this year for the world title, um, but now they're actually they don't they're not gonna do shows for the fourth quarter, I guess. So right right now they don't have a home for Raw from October into January, which is which is kind of wild. I'm sure they'll they'll end up on YouTube or something or somewhere, but um, no. but yeah, man, uh, Raw to Netflix that's a huge deal, big story. Um, I find it interesting that it dropped this week. My th- yeah. my my conspiracy theory hat was on I, for that. I I don't think you're I don't think you're outside the lines on that one. I I think I maybe they rushed the deal because they knew the story was coming out, or maybe the Wall Street Journal was like, okay, hold on, we know this story's coming out, let's wait for it. I think there could have been some synergy there. There's some synergy, not synergy, I, I, but I, some, some. You know, it seems like a co- I, like too much of a coincidence. I got a hunch that the the deal was pushed quick because they knew the story was going to drop and they wanted to boost the stock before an inevitable decline. Personal opinion can't prove it. Conspiracy. Yeah. Mike and I are both susceptible to different levels of conspiracies. Um, yep. Here's what's interesting: it's a five year deal. It's not a ten year deal. Netflix has a chance yes. to has an option to opt out in five years, which means it's a five year deal, just like every yeah. WWE contract's a ninety day contract. Like, so they can and they can opt out for another opt back in for another ten years. So it's really a fifteen year deal, not a twenty year deal. Here's D- what's crazy. Dave- Dave said last night they could actually go all the way up to 20 years, actually. See, Dave so they this can morning keep... said they could, I thought he said they could be 15. I think so. After five 10, years, after five years, five. well, after five years, they could they could go to 10, and then they said they can go to another 10. I don't know. That's a little confusing to me. Well, maybe it we'll is look super confusing. That. It is super confusing. What's interesting though is they've really locked themselves into what the value is. And who knows what this is Dave too said this. Who knows what inflation is going to do to the price of these things in a decade plus? Right. 
So yeah. I think I think Endeavor I think Endeavor smells the sports rights bur- bubble bursting soon, and knowing that this is probably, yeah. um, and they also see where television's heading, and I I don't disagree with them. Television's heading to streaming, and mm-hmm. uh, Netflix adding live TV component to their platform is going to make them probably back up there as the top streamer in the world again if they're not they already. Are the top. They are. Yeah. They never lost it. They've always been. Okay. Top. I th- some for some reason I thought Disney Plus had surpassed them, but I guess not. No, huh? Netflix. Netflix okay. still has the lead in everybody. Um, it's interesting though because you're not going to get those like it's, it's like no, you know where you're getting paid. It's like having a salary. Like you know your cut, yeah. your checks coming. You know it's going to be valued, but you're not going to get a big boost. So I mean, they've been used to every five years getting a big boost, getting a big boost, getting a big boost. For almost two decades, they've locked themselves into no big boost. Yeah, I, I, think imagine... they get a, I think they no, get a big boost once the Peacock deal ends and then once the SmackDown yeah, rights end. Yeah, yeah. So I think they'll get more money from Netflix for those once those end. But we got to see kind of where it's at. Like, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think it's a great deal, to be honest. I'm like, it's not like they sold it really well. Like, oh, $5 billion deal. And it's like, oh, you break it down. It's like, okay, it's not quite as crazy as you think it is. But it makes sense. It's a lot of money for the company. It's good. It's good for their exposure. Um. They're everywhere right now. Peacock, Netflix, like it's it's all over the place. I imagine that gets consolidated eventually, probably to Netflix in the next couple years. Um, Hopefully, this ends ratings debates. (laughs) You know, like I hope I hope this this ushers in a new glorious utopia where we don't talk about ratings all the time. Well, we'll we'll find a different way to talk about it because right now I think I think not Nielsen, but somebody's tracking Netflix views. And yeah, but minutes, minutes watched. I know, but they have like minutes watched, and and because I, I was actually looking into it because uh, um, I don't know why I was reading this article recently, but the Rock's movie Red Notice um, that, that came out on Netflix, I thought was a pretty good movie, was like the most watched. And the way they broke it down is it was it had the most minutes watched. And I'm like, how was that not The Irishman? Because that had the most minutes of any movie in history. Um, and if you watch it one time, you got to break records there fair uh, sorry i thought that joke was gonna land better (laughs) you know it's we that's the part about having humor is you got to make a lot of jokes they don't all land but that's okay you you go back and you try again um yeah like when when stranger things came on they had press saying eight bazillion people watched stranger things and it's like well it's not yeah you don't have that many subscribers but i mean like so netflix they don't have like the oversight of a Nielsen really to tell them, you know, so I mean like it's actually a really good deal for WWE because they don't have to like, they don't, they don't have to stress on who's watching what. I mean, I imagine there'll be some internal debate, but there won't be a, <clears throat> as of right now, maybe this could change in a year or so online, but there's not, there won't be a ton of media or online discourse about who's watching raw. And, you know, Netflix is going to figure out this live sports thing. I mean, they're, I've still have the mind that that we will see an implosion of the streamers within the next. I said this five years ago on Superior Speak that we'll see an implosion yeah. of the streamers and Netflix will be the one to last because they've been in the game the longest. And they didn't yeah. go crazy till now. Like everybody was over the last few four years, everybody's been super investing in building up their streaming, and Netflix just kind of laid back and just worried about original programming. Now, when everybody else is kind of starting to feel the pinch, now they're like, okay, now we go in on live sports. And Rich and Joe said something interesting too about Netflix artificially having raised the ceiling on these sports media rights to force everyone else to have to pony up. So mm-hmm. that could have been a game that they played too. I don't know. It's 
it's fascinating. It's weird though to say WWE only on Netflix. It's a weird thing. That's that's bizarre. Yeah, but honestly, that's kind of whenever the WWE Network came out, and I was watching, I was watching quite a bit of time. That was my dream. I was like, okay, like just have Raw, SmackDown, have everything just on, and all the PLEs all in one place. I think ultimately eventually that's where we get to where everything's on netflix and i think we get there with uh aew on on hbo max, max or whatever yep. it's called max yeah because now with um wwe kind of being locked in with uh, netflix and with uh usa and cw and peacock um they're no longer negotiating with wb wbd um i think once wbd finishes up with these nba rights deals then they're going to go in on aew and i think mm-hmm. aew is probably going to get themselves a pretty good you know, television slash streaming deal in the Warner Brother um, Empire. Yeah, they'll be they'll wind up being all right. I think the tell like I got the hunch that they were good with W. They were the WBD was good with EW when they put out that press release. Was it a week or two ago? Touting yeah. how great AEW's been for them. Like, okay, they must be cool now. That was, but I didn't want to yeah. say that a lot because I didn't want to have to eat a lot of shit from the people <laughs> on the show. So I'm like, I'll yeah. keep this and act like later, like, oh, I saw this coming. But you know, oh no, I'll take my yeah. victory lap on this, even though. I didn't stake a claim. King of the North. King of the North. As someone in Canada, everything is on Netflix. W Network gone. Sportsnet package gone on cable. Yeah, man. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. This is the new world. So that's yeah. So in the U.S., we still have it on certain cable channels, the USA, CW, and Peacock. But everywhere else, it's all just Netflix. And so I think eventually uh, Netflix is just going to own everything in just about every territory. There are some territory like India wasn't a part of it because they're already locked in. But I think you know once that deal ends in India. Middle East, of course, in Japan, they're all locked in yeah. with a Bima. So once mm-hmm. once they move off of a Bima, and you know, it's, it's funny. I, smaller scale, I, I know, but TNA currently has a similar deal with DAZN, where they're like they're all inclusive on DAZN in, in like forty different territories or something like that. I think that's what you're going to see with uh with WWE and Netflix um, starting, and it will be in the U.S. probably by the end of in like the next five years. That's that's yeah. where we'll be at. Which yeah. is fine. I'm sure they would rather have that. I know they like having their stuff all out right now, all over our place right now, but I think that's got to be yeah. hard to keep track of things. And I'm sure Endeavor yeah. would like to have everything kind of in one spot soon because it seems like Endeavor might have some fires to put out now. They've got <laughs> yeah. these media rights yeah. figured out. Now we well, have other and things. And I'm sure. And I'm sure they don't want to have to fucking negotiate with like Uzbekistan state TV for to get raw on and like Tuesday mornings at 3 a.m. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I feel like it's like, oh, if we can just get like one check from everybody, I, I think that would be the easiest way to go. And it's like, and I think it adds like more stability too with your like, sure. own market. You know what I mean? Um, and plus like Netflix is huge. Like, I think yeah. I'm the only guy that doesn't have Netflix. I, 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 my, my father-in-law canceled it last year. I'm like, well, fuck. And it, but it's like expensive. So I'm not getting it right now. Hey, Matt, I know you're listening right now. I appreciate the password <laughs> all these years. Um, you're not got to worry. Cause I'm not going to watch. So we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last time I, I'm probably, um, I I'm going to be done with my cable package soon. I'm going to be canceling it again. So maybe I'll pick up Netflix when stranger things comes out again, but. I will get it when Stranger Things comes back because I got to know how it ends. I've been in this thing since yeah. 2016. I need to see what happens to these kids. I'm far too invested. Yeah. Uh, the letter A says India deal will expire in December of 2026. Oh, okay. Yeah. So know. maybe by the end of, yeah, then they'll probably be moving over to Netflix. Uh, oh, sorry. And then uh, 
tactical playmaker. I believe this is Nonzo. Is, is TNA making any money from DAZN? I Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sh- yeah. I don't think they're getting it for free. So, and uh, as JD Oliva likes to say, some money is better than no money. And so that's probably what they were getting before they had the DAZN deal. So, um, and Somebody. TGV says, yeah, in Australia, WWE is locked into Murdoch. Uh, news uh, controlled Foxtel until at least the end of 2027. All right. And then, uh, and then uh, if you need cred, I am the snowman on Netflix. There you go. I don't know what that means. And then uh, (laughs) says Netflix is a five minus paying extra for another watch screen. No, Netflix is fine. Minus paying extra for another watch screen. Yeah. So uh, maybe, maybe me and a buddy will, will go in on that deal, but yeah. So um, I, I, you know, I, I, I think this is nothing but a, a huge victory for them. Um, and now it got lost in all the news with Vince, but uh, that well, was that was original. That was originally the top story because we like to talk about TV rights on this show. Um, at the same time, uh, they they actually announced that The Rock was added to the TKO board. And I he don't was, care. Was, I find this yeah. to be the most unimportant thing in the world. Who gives a fuck? He gets the right to his name, The Rock. Now, I, I mean. I, I thought he I already had it. Of, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I can't think of wrestling news that I would care less about than The yeah. Rock has some bullshit board. Dude, positions on a board are bullshit, man. They're just gonna pay him money. Just hey, you're The Rock, and quite frankly, he he is The Rock, and deserves to get a couple bucks from WWE for the rest of his life for keeping them viable. Yeah. So it's like mm-hmm. I don't know, whatever. They made his daughter yeah. the GM on NXT. It's like, oh, <laughs> who fucking cares? Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, I think people naturally thought that The Rock was on the board that uh, he would uh, he would be wrestling at WrestleMania and be a part of the UFC. Look, when Endeavor bought the UFC, they actually because they had so many clients that they were agents of. Like next thing you know, like Conan O'Brien has stock in UFC. Like all like Mark Wahlberg, like all the, the it was like point zero 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 whatever. But a lot of their their celebrity clients all got shares in the in their new company. And I just took it as one of the, like, he doesn't, he's not going to have any decision-making power. They gave him, uh, they gave him $30 million and, um, which is great. I like, like he needs it, but that was about it. Uh, get lost says the rock is very good PR and they could use it right now. Um, he is and good PR, news. but not anymore. That PR he, news he's, is down the toilet. Nobody cares. Vince is Vince. And that is yesterday's yeah. news, man. The news cycle yeah. moves fast. Yeah, yeah, he he was good the day of. I, I watched him on ESPN First Take. He's he was good on that show, but yeah, he's he is the Rock. Uh, need the Rock EVP gimmick like the Young Bucks booking themselves Mania main event. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, all that right. might happen anyway. Yeah, um, all right. So I found this one, and I think we'll, we're going to close the show on this because we're going to take some time with this one. Um, misinformation leaks to one Sports Illustrated's oh, yeah. Justin Barrasso. Okay, first of all, Sports Illustrated just last week fired everybody, and they didn't fucking fire this idiot. I I would have assumed that this guy he must not he must be doing this for free in order for him to continue to write a shitty little column. But anyway, would it surprise um, you? Yeah. Um, so yesterday, Sports Illustrated this is like like this was a big story yesterday. By the way, said The Rock will face Roman Reigns. This was a, a top story in Sports Illustrated. So he said that coming up at WrestleMania, The Rock is going to face Roman Reigns. And Cody is now going to face CM Punk. So he said, with The Rock facing Roman Reigns, uh, where does this leave Cody Rhodes? Well, multiple sources close to WWE head of creative Paul Triple H Levesque have indicated that Rhodes will not headline this year's event, nor will he finish his story at WrestleMania. 
but uh, there is still a new chapter to write with a marquee matchup to be had against CM Punk. Uh, he also goes on to state that Gunther will win the Royal Rumble and challenge Seth Rollins. These are very, like, these are very specific things. Um, and then today, uh, so yesterday, when we texted our friend who shall remain nameless, uh, what what did he say about Cody and and uh, and, and Cody and CM Punk? Twas bullshit. Twas bullshit. bullshit. So we we heard it was bullshit. And then as it turns out, um, today, Barrasso retracted the story and is now uh, predicting that Cody is on track to win the Rumble and finish the story at WrestleMania. He also stated it's possible The Rock waits for the Netflix deal to start to challenge Roman and uh, at Mania in front of a live worldwide audience. And he goes on to state, and I quote, I reported spoilers for Sports Illustrated yesterday regarding the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania 40. I reported what was detailed to me by previously reliable sources. Kevin Patrick, it appears to be that this was a deliberate attempt at misinformation or misinformation that is being spread through WWE itself. I apologize for the errors in yesterday's report. When posting these reports, the entirety of the information needs to be accurate. Um, is is WWE trying to plug some leaks? And is it weird that Kevin Patrick got fired on the same day? I, it's weird. Is that just me connecting dots here? One, I don't think Kevin Patrick was very good at his job. So No, but- no he wasn't. It's uh, it's an interesting coincidence. That being said, how do you know this isn't misinformation? WWE has been doing this (laughs) for decades. Like, (laughs) like I mean, I still, I still, until I'm shown differently, why wouldn't the main event of WrestleMania be Cody? Excuse me, be The Rock and Roman Reigns? That's the biggest match the company can put out. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is, and I will not. I'm not going to believe otherwise until I'm proven wrong. And well, I'm not going to watch the show anyway, so doesn't matter. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't seem, I'll say this. Cody is not as hot as he was a year ago. Um, no, he, I mean, he's still, he's still pretty, that, he's still hot. They could, they could heat him up though. Like he's not, he's not that far off. And that, that segment he had with, uh, with CM Punk this past Monday was pretty, pretty good. good. That's yeah. Right. Somebody, far somebody did me a favor by releasing just that segment of raw on Twitter, the whole 13 minute that. thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. Hey, got what I need, buddy. That was mm-hmm. great. <laughs> but um yeah so they they do this every year and i did so we we were in our little group chat and um someone's like i don't think any of that's true i think it might be bullshit and we're like but it's sports illustrated when brasso gets a story about wwe it's usually like it might as well be coming from like nick Khan himself right because they they, they use sports illustrated like sports illustrated stopped being journalism a long time ago that's so why they just fucking fired everybody nobody reads it but when brasso um reports stuff it's just because it's like um you know what we've accused the media of being bef- uh, before as just pr it was like essentially a PR release. So I thought, okay, maybe they want this stuff out there. I think maybe somebody with like a gambling problem wanted this stuff out there just to get the odds up on up on Roman and down on Cody so he can uh so he can he can actually put a bet on Cody and then and be able to win. I uh I don't know. And WWE is a part of the whole gambling system now too. So which is weird. Gambling on pro wrestling is something I'll never understand. It's like gambling on a movie. <laughs> It's like, like it's I like, think Frodo, oh. I think Frodo's gonna gonna throw the the ring in the Mordor. I got thirty dollars on it. Like, it's have so you ever bizarre. have you ever watched Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald and Artie Lang? Oh, it's been a long time, but I, I saw so, it a long so time <laughs> so there's a scene in that movie where uh, so so Norm Macdonald, his job is to like do dirty deeds um and do them cheap he gets paid to actually go pull yeah he gets paid to go pull pranks on people with his buddy Artie. well um he gets hired by chevy chase who's got like broken hands and broken wrists because he's got a gambling problem 
and and in there they, he was like talking about all these different failed gambling things he goes he goes and, and then he just goes and, and fucking mr t i just couldn't believe it and he goes wait a minute he goes you bet on the the fight in rocky and you bet against rocky and he goes it was mr t <laughs> and he had already won <laughs> <laughs> I remember that line now. That's a good yeah. one. So <laughs> let me let me counter you with this Barrasso fact. He's all, you're all, you're yeah. neglecting the fact that he's a moron. So I mean, like oh, this true. could also yeah. th- he's an idiot. This is the same way that said TNA could make a strong play to be the number two company Ooh, with a TV different, deal. That was a different with idiot. A TV deal. I thought that was, that was a different idiot. That, that that was Justin Labar. Oh, I'm sorry. I got yeah. my dumb different. fuck Justin's confused. I'll take the L <laughs> yes. on that. I'll take the L. <laughs> yeah. I get I I get the dumb fucks in the wrestling media confused sometimes because yeah. they're all such schmucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so my yeah. bad. Yeah, um, but I, I I did find that interesting um, that uh, yeah they were trying to plug a leak there. It's pretty pretty freaking worked. hilarious. Yeah, it, it worked. worked because you know it was all over the place. But look, as you can tell, like Sap never reported it, Dave never reported it, mm-hmm. it never made it to the torch. Like I actually went to check um because as I was making the original notes for the show, I actually went to the observer to pull the notes because they they paraphrase them better, I think. So I went to go pull those and th- there was nothing to be found on, on the observer site at all. And the observer site is an affiliate of sports illustrated like they work together so i was like i assumed that they would co-sign it but no they weren't even co-signing that so that's how far off this was like this is just a guy probably getting something single sourced and then just went out on a limb and uh looks like a, a leak got plugged somewhere at some point journalism journalism yeah single source reporting <laughs> yeah dangerous dangerous territory god we're surrounded by buffoons you know i hope <laughs> i hope that this weekend they actually do have the presser just so I can get really mad at all these dipshits who don't mm-hmm. have a fucking ball in their body. You know, I just, I hate, like, no. I, I just, I astound myself with just how, how much everybody loves their press passes and, and are so scared that they might not get free tickets to the Royal Rumble. You know? Yeah. I you know, just, I, it's a make believe. It's dude I, I remember being on those t- those old impact press passes and I, I remember yeah. i was on one for i was on one for slammiversary a couple years ago during the pandemic and it was on it was on zoom and they they would call on me but i would ask real questions because i'm like i'm not i'm not trained i'm not trained in like being fake on these things so i i like everybody else was like asking questions in character but i was like i like I, I'm just maybe I'm just a novice i didn't know the game and I, or i'm just too stupid i, I don't know what it was but self-respect so, you. <laughs> so they 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 call they call me in and of course uh every time I'm, I'm about to blow someone's mind i start with a compliment right and gail kim is on there and they got ross foreman in the background and i think chris saban was on no it was josh alexander josh alexander was on and go and i told this this great story about the time i met gail's husband um the the chef guy robert irvine i, I met him in afghanistan i met him in afghanistan he was so nice and I, and I shook his hand. I was like, hey, where's Gail? And he had a good laugh about that. And they go, great. And I go, hey, when are fans coming back to the arenas? <laughs> and they all just looked at me like, uh, uh, and then Ross goes, uh, we don't know yet. <laughs> and then like they go to the next caller. <laughs> I was like, but that was like, that was a big issue at the time. And I was like, 
it was like 30 minutes into this press pass. I was like guest number 10. Like they're going, like I'm very low on the totem pole. Like they're already going past like Russell zone and the Miami Herald and, and all these like legit sites. And here I am from fucking fight game with a shitty little impact podcast. And I go, when are fans coming back? And like, I remember like people DMing me. I'm so glad you asked that question. I was like, why the fuck didn't you answer? Ask it. That's an easy question to ask. Uh, I, I just, I just don't understand. Because people are worried about losing access. That's what it comes to. Is more than anything, these guys. And I'm not going to bury Sam Roberts because Sam Roberts knows what he is. But he wants yeah. access. He wants to be so, able to have these guys on his show. And Sam like, Roberts wants to be a part of the show. He likes being yeah. on our talent for them. He doesn't yeah. really. He's he's a comedian. I don't think he considers himself a journalist. But no, 100. percent But that's yeah. what they want to be. There's yeah. not enough people that want to be Dave because being Dave is hard, and Dave faces a lot of criticism. And to Dave's ben, to Dave's you know uh, benefit, he didn't give a fuck, right? Yeah. Dave doesn't care. Like it's, but it's a lot easier to be one of those guys who just wants to be part of the show than mm. it is to, to ask real questions and wrestling fan. And this here's the thing. Wrestling people have had this adversarial relationship with their fans and with the media since the existence of it. One wrestling has always been lying to the media from day one, right? It's a work, mm. right? Yeah. That was a lie for the longest time. So that's the nature of the relationship between wrestling and the media, right? goes back to the get go. So, I mean, like, and there's so many people now that want to play in kayfabe, right? Because we they want to cosplay that they're part of the show. They don't want to actually get in there and learn something. If something ever happens to Dave, like we're fucked. We're fucked. Yeah. yeah. You know what? And and uh Phil Strum, who I have had many good conversations with in the Fight Game Media group over there. I mean him have DM'd on Twitter. Like he was really the the one of the few guys. I, I think there's a couple other ones in the AEW presser that actually asked tough questions about Jericho. I was like, oh good. Um, I, I think that Phil, he's from USA Today. I think that he's like, I'm USA Today. I can ask these questions because they're going to want USA Today to be a part of this because they're part of a, a bigger thing, you know? Kudos. Um, and, and kudos to John Pollock, who actually really took Dana White to task. And he took a lot of heat for it this week because he asked about the behavior of uh, their middle, well, at the time, middleweight away champion, Sean Strickland. So, um, who said a lot of homophobic and transphobic stuff back in the day. Sean Strickland, not a great guy. Um, John Pollock's no. got balls, man. He's a real journalist. John Pollock is one of the is like one of the good guys. You know, he's out there. He speaks truth to power. Like, there's not enough John Pollocks, yeah. right? Not enough. There's it's way easier to be Ryan Satin. Yes, and Ryan Satin took some heat today, <laughs> and he deserves it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Ryan Frederick went. <laughs> Right, Frederick went after him, and then I, you know, of course, I love I our friend. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. I'm very proud of you, sir. No, no, no. I just, I just, I just retweeted Ryan's tweet, and then I went down and, and sat in his old tweets and started retweeting compliments he made of Vince. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, oh god, because you know he's a he's a he's a total stunt. But oh, you know what? Here, look, uh, a a gives a good shout out here too. Brandon Thurston is great. I I he think great. that he Brandon does. He works. He works very hard and he gets a lot of the statistical data that um, I think a lot of us crave. Um, and that's really what gets to the because you know what? Numbers, numbers are not like that's not abusive language, right? <laughs> like numbers have have like a no side. It's just well data, it's just numbers, and you know what I mean. Now, it, like statistical analysis can be skewed one way or the other, depending on how you, you format it, but the numbers themselves are not offensive. I've always found numbers to be very offensive based on my high school math grades. So I would disagree with you on that. I find numbers <laughs> to be remarkably offensive. Um, yeah. No, but those are, you know, John Pollock and, and Brandon Thurston. And these are, these are the guys who are going to have to wave the banner 
when the day comes that Dave's no longer fighting the good fight. I mean, there's just not enough, man. There's just not enough. There's too many. Yeah. There's too many guys who worry about their press pass. There's too many guys. And this is my problem. This is what it goes back to what I was talking about earlier is there's so many people that love. And again, the AEW pressers are just as disgusting. There was a time they would talk about things there. Now they're part of the show too. And Tony's just as fucking mm-hmm. guilty in that regard. There's so many people that grew up as fans of WWE that they they have this emotional connection to it. And unlike a beat reporter for a newspaper or a you know national reputed source, like they can't divorce themselves from it. Right. Mm-hmm. They feel like they want to be part of what's going on. Like they want to be connected to it. So they take these like defensive and, and what's gross too is WWE has their tendrils stretched out so far over the like, actual media that they're very good at massaging their message into things like your Ariel Hawani's he's worse. He's been quiet too. Like yeah. going after Tony, yeah. he loves going after Tony, but when, mm-hmm. you know, big Vince McRape guy does stuff, oh, he's quiet all of a sudden. Right. Now we're really talking. Him. Yeah. No, it's funny how that works out. All these guys that love to uh, make fun of Tony Khan for stuff, or love to take a LOL TNAs, like those guys, super quiet mm-hmm. when real problems come out. Right? Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? <clears throat> like, yeah. I just, mm, I hate. I cannot. I cannot stand the people that just turn a blind eye to shit or willingly play with. And this is me, the bad guys. Because they liked it when they were kids, it makes them feel like they're ten again. Nice yeah, you, you know it's kid. like, no, you're you're right. You're so right. They they grow up being fans, and all they ever wanted to do was be a part of it. Or like you know, in the case of Ariel Hawani, he grew up being a big fan, and then he became like a legit. He was a legit reporter in, in yeah. MMA. He was he was so legit and yeah. so respected that he he essentially got his credentials revoked from him because he was doing actual real reporting and real journalism, but he just saw covering wrestling is because he was covering like a legitimate sport where he was doing, UFC, you know, MMA and in, in, in-depth MMA. And, and he actually started covering boxing at one point too for Showtime sports. And he just saw, Oh, well, this is just this fun thing over here. I can kind of pretend to be a reporter and just kind of make fun of it. And then at the same time, just totally giving away all of his credibility. And then also mm-hmm. whenever it was convenient to him, when his agent, Nick Khan wanted to put out a press release through him, he would report on that and act like it's, it's a big news thing. And so, and that was a really tough one for me too, because dude, for the longest time, I was a much bigger UFC fan and an MMA fan. Like, dude, I'm talking about, I was staying up all night watching fucking, um, dream events at like two in the morning on HD net, right? To make, trying to watch, uh, trying to watch Fedor fight these, uh, these, uh, big giant seven footers and sumo wrestlers in the middle of the night. Like, so I go way back and he was like the top guy and I was mm-hmm. watching his show every week and listen to his podcast and to see how far he had fallen once he'd lost his ESPN gig. And he, where he said, well, fuck it. I'm just going to be a content creator too. And then now it's like, you don't know what to take seriously with the guy. And especially at a time like this, where he wants to be more, yeah, he wants to be more focused on, on petty battles with wrestling celebrities. And then he wants to cover real news in MMA at the same time. It's fucking tough to take you seriously. No, hundred percent. And that's what, and that's what bothers me is like, yeah, Tony Khan could be a big fucking dork sometimes. And it's fun to make fun of him. But I mean, like, you got a real monster here, and then everybody goes quiet. Is it they're afraid of Nick Khan? Are they afraid of Vince McMahon? Are they just afraid of the WWE machine? I mean, it could be a little bit of combination yeah. of all these things. All I'm saying is, y'all disgust me. Y'all yeah. disgust me, and you need contempt, and you need to like have your morals readjusted because you suck. 
Yes, you you do suck. Can we end on a lighthearted note today? Because uh, I, I thought be, Sam that. Sam did jump in the chat and told us to stop talking about this, and then we fucking went back to it. <laughs> so sorry, Sam. She told us to lay off. Uh, but not the so, not the first time a woman smarter than me has told me what to do, and I have not listened <laughs> to it. Yeah, yeah, same, 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 bro. Same, been married a long time. Same. Um, so, um, you know what? We, we'll we'll end on this. Uh, Kazuchika Hogan. Um, the, uh, <laughs> the we had a big blade robot too. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, man. I, yeah, K K Kazuchika Hogan. Um, according to the Super J cast, I'm going to say this very delicately because I don't want them to think that I'm aggregating their show. I'm not doing that. But you guys talked about it. We're on the same network, so I'm going to talk about it. Respect. Uh, VOW guys, yeah, respect guys. Um, so uh, it came out on their podcast. They have, um, they have, you know, they have some sources over there in New Japan, and they said that the last year or so has been pretty contentious between uh, New J the New Japan office. Hold on, I'll get to that, Sam. Between the New Japan office and Okada, Okada basically not wanting to put the young guys over, not wanting to work with the young guys kind of um you know it became more of an adversarial relationship and there's a lot of hurt feelings over the way uh, okada is leaving yeah to say the least and like the kid like you know joel and damon called him kazuchika hogan you know because again uh, it you know doesn't it was for me brother it, in their in their defense it was one of the readers that called him that and then i almost oh, drove the off the side of the road yeah yeah, yeah. it's still <laughs> hilarious i heard another show i couldn't remember who actually said it like it's still yeah. funny the fact that Okada just doesn't. It's that's why the the, the report that came out this week that like he's going to go to NXT cracked me up. It's like you're not going to work with the guys that Shibata's training that can actually work, but you're going to go, you know, risk your life wrestling Gable Stevenson or something like that. Like I just I'm <laughs> I'm flabbergasted by this idea. Yeah. Like I don't know, man. It doesn't honestly. Okada's not. He's certainly winning a lot of matches for a guy in his way out of the company. You know, he just beat he just beat Tanahashi, didn't he? And then I know, they vacated yeah. the titles. Yeah, yeah. And like even Hogan lost to Yokozuna on his way out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had to get salt in his eyes, but he, he, he did, did he did lose. Yeah. He did salt in his eyes. I don't know, man. This, uh, God, that Okada thing seems like it was 10 weeks ago at this point. I know, man. That was going to be a, like one of our top stories. It wouldn't be a, one of our top bits. No. Bummer. Yeah. Bummer. But hey, uh, well, shit, I didn't want to end on a bummer. Damn, dude. I was trying Wait, not to end on a bummer. You fucked up. <laughs> I was trying not to end on a bummer. I had some TNA stuff, but I think I'm going to save TNA. Well, you know what? Here, let's talk about this. We'll end on a high note. Okay. Yeah, okay. Because over the weekend, um, for some, some fucking reason, uh, TNA decided to bring in Simon Gotch. Right. At, Why? At Why would exactly. you bring the third guy from Contra in? The other Vaude yeah. villain. He sucks. Yeah. The guy who got his ass kicked by the fake Sagara. Yeah. Now I, I get the feeling this is like a heel of the month type of thing with their top baby face. The problem is this guy has no credibility and nobody's gonna give a fuck about that match. But they totally redeemed themselves tonight when after at the end of TNA was over, um, they did a post credit scene. With uh, where it appears, I don't know if they've signed him or they're bringing him in, but Mustafa Ali is coming in, oh. uh, along with and Nick Nemeth is already uh, apparently a signed talent there. Um, well, no announcements have been made that he signed. It looks like he's he's a signed talent there. So uh, Mustafa Ali. So hey, look, 
they 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 couldn't get the deal done to bring him into the Orlando taping, so they pivoted. I guess I'm guessing, or maybe they Simon Gosh was like their plan all along for Orlando, because maybe he like he lives on the street corner there. I have no idea what he does nowadays. He's got a stupid care. fucking mustache and he sucks. But look. Uh, Mustafa Ali coming into TNA. I'm pretty happy about that. And Nick Nemeth appears to be doing great because he just had his second video on, on Impact's YouTube or TNA's YouTube. You go over a million views, which for TNA is pretty freaking good. Like for modern TNA, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't argue that. No, you can't. I, I, they will never totally redeem themselves for bringing in Simon Gosh to feud with Josh Alexander. That is one of the worst. <laughs> well, this just happens. I'm like, Scott, spoiler, what the look. fuck are you thinking? Like, what are you fucking? Yeah. I don't know. Spoil that shit. That's I'm saving people. I'm helping yeah. people. You don't need to waste your time with this. Like, uh, like yeah. Joe, the other other guy in Contra, Joseph Samael, at least he could cut a promo and he is the Sheik's nephew and he's kind of crazy. And Fat mm-hmm. Two is awesome. Then you bring in the other guy who was just there for reasons. Like I'm just, it's <laughs> fucking mind boggling. I saw that in our chat and I'm like, really, really, the Hammerstone? Yeah. They can't seem to get a deal with. They're bringing in fucking hey, Simon Gotch. I think I think the Hammerstone deal is going to get done. I, I think he I. I think he might have had some bookings that kind of conflicted, but he's been posting every day about TNA and, and sharing pictures of himself like as if he were assigned talent. But I think that he just couldn't he couldn't make these latest dates. So I get the feeling he's coming in. Although there's a rumor out there that MJF wants him in to AEW, which makes a lot of sense considering oh, that was like their original faction, right? Yeah, the dynasty. You get him and Richard Howe. I, I like, like I said, 2019 MLW is like a not a guilty pleasure. I actually enjoyed 2019 MLW. It was a good promotion. Um, yeah. boy, do they fall? Do they fall apart? Um, yeah. Uh, the dynasty. Yeah, it's, it was Hammerstone, Richard Holiday, and MJF. Like they were, they're pretty good yeah. little heel faction over there. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I think that Hammerstone fits better in TNA right now. You add McNeemith, you add Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. Now you've got a good core of TNA wrestlers. Right, yeah. which is what this company is sorely needed for just a shakeup, like just some fresh blood in the company. Remember how excited we were when the Honor No More thing happened? Mm-hmm. Like and, we were uh, huge fans, and they did fucking kill that real quick. And then Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, which also kind of took well, the that, sales that's, out of that. That's what too. killed. Yeah, that that's what killed it because they had they had them under those ROH deals, and they had them mm-hmm. for like an X amount, like eight months or something like that. And then Tony Khan bought Ring of Honor, thus getting their contract after those TNA level deals were were up but um <laughs> here uh said so, uh nonzo says went from osprey <laughs> to gosh poor josh alexander what <laughs> really yeah. happened it's, 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 it's cur- with will osprey and now he's got to wrestle yeah. simon fucking gotch <laughs> yeah i think i made the the comment in the chat that that's like going from uh from beyonce to wendy williams <laughs> Uh, oh god! <laughs> okay you got it you won you okay yeah i'm good i i think i think we'll end on that i didn't i didn't plug the patreon go to patreon.com slash the mike and jd show hey we got 43 people watching this 44 now can each and every one of you give us a big thumbs up please just give us a big thumbs up. I would, I would greatly appreciate it. Um, and, and then join us over on patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show. Because right after we get done, we're going to take a five minute break and then we're going to head over to Patreon, JD and I, and we're going to talk, we're going to do our stings rivalry series. And we are going to get into cactus Jack slash Mick Foley. And I got tons of notes about uh, the cactus, the match with uh, beach blast 92, the false can anywhere match. And for you TNA fans, I know you guys missed the old Brace for Impact days with me and JD. We're going to talk about his lockdown 2009 match between Mick Foley and Sting. 
Um, so I got a bunch of notes on that because surprise, surprise, um, Mick Foley. Oh, well, I got a bunch of notes for you. Mick Foley actually wrote an entire book about that match, believe it or not. And so I was able to, he did called countdown to lockdown. It's, it's, it's basically, so he, when he was uh, leaving WWE at the time, his like last run in WWE as an active wrestler, he had, he had this book out called the hardcore diaries where it was kind of like, he was falling out of love with them and he's doing the feud with Ric Flair. And I think he had like Molina at one point in a stable and he was like doing his heel stuff. Well, that whole thing goes South. He ends up leaving. And so he starts to write a new book when he gets signed to TNA and his March back to facing sting at lockdown. Um, because he always felt that sting bef- uh, was the guy that put him on the map. And so I felt like the us talking about the match in 1992 beach blast and then bookending it with the match in 2009, um, sure. contrasting the two and where the guys are at in their career, I think, I think is going to be a cool thing. So, um, um, please go to patreon.com slash the Mike and JD show uh, guys, everybody. Thank you in the chat. I really do appreciate you guys. Uh, this was a tough subject to cover tonight. I th- hope we I'm did fun. you guys proud and hope you guys, we did you guys justice. Um, so uh, thank you very much. And until next time, mahalo. Uh, 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 uh. Competition starting to get thick. It's the click. So I hope you watch your A game. A made no way. From the track when we unite. This is an A game. Better bring your A game. Competition starting to get thick. It's the click. So I hope you watch your A game. A made no rain from the track. Hello there, everybody. It's me, Gary Kidney, the co-host of You've Got to Be Kidding Me on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. And I am Liam Jones, my full name, and I am also a part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network as a co-host for You've Got to Be Kidding Me. We are a TNA history podcast that covers TNA one month at a time. We cover all the drama, all the matches, all the Vince Russo nonsense you could ever want in your life. Have you you heard of TNA? I bet you have. But would it be funnier if two people made jokes over it the whole time? Probably. So if that sounds like fun to you, check it out on this very Voices of Wrestling podcasting network and Liam will do bits and whatnot.